Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. With me today are Tio. Hi, I'm Tio, and I play Constance, the expert. Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. I play Alvin the Monstrous. And Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I play J.R. the Crooked. Last time, Hullabaloo officially popped off as Roots in the Air took the stage, their music enthralling the crowd and whipping them into a volatile mob. After a pretty hardcore mosh took its toll and with Agent Pax on her heels, J.R. made an early exit from the festival. Constance and Alvin managed to stop the show and narrowly escaped the angry mob with Leon, Sarah, and the deeply confused members of Roots in the Air. (laughs) We're going to pick up the next morning back in the studio after a short and mostly sleepless night. Everyone is gathered together in the cramped living room. Sarah is making the rounds with a fresh pot of coffee. Leon is reclining in his chair with an ice pack on his forehead. And all four members of Roots in the Air are shoehorned onto a single couch, twiddling their thumbs, and studiously avoiding everyone's gaze. Does anyone want tea? I know that a lot just happened. There's a lot to take in. Probably should also check for uh, wounds and... Uh... Oh, that's right. I wanted to call Cecilia. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of wounds. Okay. Yeah. And uh, she's calling. Everyone recount your day. <laughs> and then we share information. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate- we got Muppets. We got Muppets in here today. <laughs> I really appreciate that JR and Constance both were quiet and were like, we'll let uh <laughs> just we'll- Alvin's got sock puppets on. Yeah, we'll just let Alvin do whatever it is he's doing. It's it fine. Might be the tall man who's doing this. Yeah, he was behind the candy boy, <laughs> that's for sure. He probably <laughs> cursed all the people at the things or like the roots or blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Um. <laughs> okay, so that happens. Yes. Uh, Sarah's got the phone that we need to give to Kristen. Yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, Kristen's also there. Yeah, because right. she was kind of following everybody around all the time. We've got phones we need to use. One to call Cecilia and one to give to Kristen to hack. Well, we can do both of those things. I'm just going to, in a very badass move, because Constance is just feeling very strong right now emotionally and physically i'm just gonna put my hand out and go phone and look at the room oh okay i guess i'll probably hand you mine because i'm not doing so hot and uh jr is also just like personally feeling i mean not only have i been roughed up i'm feeling very unsettled with the fact that like there's just a lot of law enforcement heat on me right Mm. now And it is making it difficult for me to feel like I'm part of the team and that I'm able to assist. I'm feeling a bit like a liability right now. So that's where JR's headspace is. If JR Mm -hmm. had a live journal, that's what she would put in her live journal. Would it be like a couple sentences and super vague? Yes, it would be extremely vague. Or would it be like four pages and very specific? That's kind of the like extremes of live journal. Yeah, if I remember yes. correctly. You do remember correctly because uh, you know I I had a live journal personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but that that's where where Jr. So I'm gonna hand you my phone. Here, here you go. For once, I have not taken over the bathroom and the bath bombs. You're welcome. <laughs> as soon as the phone lands in my hand, I look in your eyes and I I internally say to myself, 
Oh, it looks like she's feeling very vulnerable right now. The way that she put that cell phone in my hand, I really get a sense. Um, all right. I am going to go ahead and call Cecilia. It rings twice and you hear Cecilia pick up. This is Cecilia. What can I do for you? Hey, Cecilia. It's uh, Constance. Hi. Uh, you know, if you're not busy, if you happen to have the time, I am bleeding out onto my floor. Uh, so is JR. Um, we're probably going to pass out pretty soon. There are other people here, but none of them can really do much about that. So if you could come by the studio and bring up your little patch it up kit, we'd be very, very appreciative. Uh, and I promise that I won't try to pull you into anything more than that. Anything more than what you'd like. Well, Constance, I'm a little bit busy right now at Hellabaloo trying to figure out what's going on. Oh, this is about that. We can answer that question for you. Again, bleeding out on the floor. I feel like that should be in like the, you know, HIPAA. Uh, roll to manipulate someone. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Oh, you're busy? That's fine. This will be goodbye then. <laughs> You and Cecilia, the last time you spoke, did not really That's part true. on did good you? terms. So did you I ever got to apologize? Yeah, I never did you did. get her that fruit basket? Or no, <laughs> no, none of that happened. Okay, okay. that explains a lot. Because I'm definitely at like four harm, y'all. As I got... am I. <laughs> yeah, we're dying. Well, we're not, but okay. Eight on a seven and nine, they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show that you mean it. I think Cecilia says, all right, Constance, I'll come and patch you up, but I'm coming with you all when you go back to Hellabaloo. I know you were here last night, and I'm going to show you what a real monster hunter can do. Oh. Wow. Okay. I am genuinely looking forward to it, and I know that I owe you an apology. I feel like it wouldn't feel like a real one on the phone right now, but when this is all over, I will take you out to coffee and give you a real honest, I'm sorry. All right, I'll be there in 15. Thank you. Sounds like a win-win, gang. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> Did we just inception her into helping out? Because I love that idea. I know she was being facetious at the same time, and I don't care. It's, <laughs> it's like, yes, please show us. <laughs> what are we supposed to do? <laughs> I think with that, I probably lean against my couch on the floor, propped up on a pillow, and just like delegate or direct things as they're happening. <laughs> And kind of just look at my compatriots in the room like, all right, I, I did my part. I did something. Someone else take the lead because I am not doing so great. I feel okay. So I'll check in with Kristen and just hover as she works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you hand Fred's phone over to Kristen and she pretty quickly breaks whatever passcode is on there and then starts working away. I think for this, I'm going to have you go ahead and roll to investigate a mystery okay. and go ahead and take a plus one for having Kristen's help here. I think that's the best okay. way to, to do this. I roll my own investigative mystery or am I helping? Whoever is working with Kristen on this. Okay. I mean, I will because everyone is bleeding out on the ground and probably needs to rest. <laughs> think about our life choices. Yeah, exactly. Plus one from Kristen means it's a nine. Okay. Close. If someone would like to help out, you could raise that up to a full success. Yeah, I'll give it a whirl. Okay. How are you helping out? I'm offering words of encouragement and uh, pithy aphorisms. 
You could also be helping once the phone is sort of broken into to like what information to look for. Yeah, mm-hmm. that too. <laughs> Hack smart, not hard. In the in the regular JR way. I have offered the best words of wisdom because that's a 13. Oh, okay. Crap. And now I'm mad that I used that roll on. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Okay. So, JR, your words of encouragement and uh, direction at what sort of information within the hullabaloo jackalope network to look for will bring this up to a full success. So, Alvin, hold two. First one I'll ask is where did it go? Four, where did it go? Are you thinking like the tall man specifically? Well, actually, not so much the tall man. I think we're also still looking for Eve. Yeah, we don't herself. know where she is. Okay. For where did it go and for Eve specifically? While Kristen is working to access the network files, mm-hmm. there's a news alert that pops up and it's for a story from the Firmament Daily Herald. And it's a news article that says, Uprooted, hullabaloo to continue despite riotous first night festival director says and there's a large panoramic photo of roots jamming on stage as fans climb over the sides (laughs) but there also appears to be a picture of eve in what you would guess to be the morning she's standing in front of what looks to be a large pavilion with lacquered red and white stripes and around it you can see some of the accoutrement of hullabaloo so it appears that wherever this is it is in the festival Okay. I suppose the next question would be, what's being concealed here? I think this is when Kristen is able to break into the actual files. And she spends some time looking through before she finds what she believes to be the most interesting thing. The Jackalope and Hullabaloo have a sponsorship contract with a entity known as the Hollow Circus. Hmm. And the terms of this contract are the Hollow Circus has contributed $10 million to the festival. And in exchange, they have received space to operate, full access to the festival, and editorial oversight. Hmm. Do they have a, a, you mentioned space to operate. Do they have like a location in the festival that they headquarter? Or is it kind of a vague, like they can do it whatever they want in the festival? It is space to set up. It's not spelled out explicitly where in the festival that would be, but it's like space to operate a place. Okay, so there is a there is a physical headquarters. Interesting. Kristen turns to you and says, I'm not a lawyer, but editorial oversight undefined in a legally binding contract. Yeah, especially for the Jackalope. Leon, have you ever heard of anything like that? Uh, And Leon like paws at his face and like shifts the ice pack around. I don't. Think so. Seems pretty out of character for the conspiracy paper. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, ten million dollars is a lot of money. How much does uh, Hullabaloo usually cost to put on? Kristen swipes through the phone. Looks like the total budget is usually like thirty million. So this would be a lot of money. Mm Hmm. What happens if we um, search the name of this? Corporation Hollow Circus? You punch it into your phone and nothing comes up. Like not even a website? Nope. Like one of those uh, GoDaddy like domain. <laughs> this domain sit- is for sale. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of those. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's what you get. 
but no, no, no Twitter, no Facebook, nothing. No. Okay. Wow. That sounds super not shady at all. And I show everybody. Mm. There's no internet presence. This corporation doesn't exist. Does the name Hollow Circus ring a bell for you, Constance, from your Boonies work? Does it? I don't know if it would. We haven't done this in a while. Why don't you roll past lives? Ooh, nice. Been a while. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ooh, that's a nine. On a seven to nine, a past life has a little experience. Ask the keeper one question. I guess it would probably be, what did a past life discover about Hollow Circus? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's probably the closest to what we're aiming for. So I would like to ask my boonie what she discovered about this circus. <laughs> Constance, it's been a while since you reached out to your boonie. Yeah. I don't know exactly what you're expecting. Your last encounter, your last conversation, I suppose, ended rather emotionally. But it's easier than before. Much easier. You reach out and she's there almost instantly. The rest of you see Constance's eyes roll back into her head and she slumps down in the chair and Constance, your vision fades away. You fade in in a busy city street. It's crowded and raucous and dimly lit by street lights. It appears to be some sort of festival. You look down at your hands and you see that they are petite. You know from your time as your boonie that you see things through her eyes, so you must be quite young at this point. Mm. You look around and you see a young girl that looks remarkably like you. She is skipping ahead and you can hear voices behind telling her to slow down, to stop, and you chase after her. She rounds several corners, she's laughing gleefully until the two of you reach the edge of the activity. And in front of you, there is a big top tent. Bright red, brilliant white, pinions blowing in the breeze. And outside, there is a very, very tall man. He starts moving your direction. And you see as he moves, he's standing on stilts. And he's dressed in really garish makeup. Uh, and he leans down towards you and says, Hello there, girls. Would you like to participate in the show of a lifetime? And your sister shakes her head enthusiastically. And from his pocket, he pulls out a sheaf of paper. And it says, The Hall of Circus. There's a lot more words. I don't think you can make them out because I don't think you as your boonie understand exactly what they mean. But at the bottom, there is a place to sign. We just need you to agree to be part of the show of a lifetime. And as your sister reaches out to take this pen, you are pulled backwards, and so is she, and this scene fades away. And you wake up. Well, you know, everyone's got their origin story of how they got into this weird uh, line of work, so to speak. For some of you, that origin story happened today with Hullabaloo. For me, it's through my boonie, my grandma, and the connection I have with her. She kind of helps me out by showing me something that she went through in her monster hunting days or younger. 
And then I relay the vision to the team. Mm -hmm. The members of Roots in the Air are looking at you with deep concern. And I think Kristen looks up from the phone, kind of looks at you incredulously. And it's like, this is this is all real, isn't it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. Look at it on the bright side, though. It's going to make for a really cool album. Yeah. yeah. Think concept of the album? cover art. Constance? Concept, con- yeah. concept album. Cover I mean, art. you know, I'm here. I do commissions. <laughs> give you a discount, sort of. And I like motion to to Alvin pointing at this one cabinet in the kitchen. I'm like, go get the good stuff. And it's like sleepy tea. But it's what I like to call the after day tea of like the day after you realize the world is very different from what you expected. Because <laughs> boy, we've really uh, slapped a lot of people in the face with the weirdness in this town. So we kind of have it down to a rhythm. <laughs> Trust me, you're going to want to drink this. You're going to want to relax for a second because we're just getting started. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Constance, what is happening? Why did our music make people go totally bonkers? To be fair, it's not really about your music. That's merely a conduit. This monster, it used you. It used your music as a conduit for what it wanted. It's nothing about your music. Earlier in the day... It was a boy touching things and turning them into candy. Sorry. And it wasn't really. What? Yeah. Yep. I still have a candy right. hand. Yeah. I should probably try to do something about that. <laughs> have you shown it? Do you like disclose it at this point? You're getting used to it, you know? I don't want to have a candy hand forever. And let me tell you, Constance's glove is like really clashing with my sense of style. <laughs> you know, I haven't really had too much time to think about it. But I should probably try to fix Candy Hand. But I also want to see, like, if anybody needs convincing, let me know, because I will reveal it at an opportune time. Go on. (laughs) Sounds to me like everyone in the room is kind of um, begrudgingly coming to terms with what they've experienced. But yeah, I don't want you to take away from this that it's about your art, because it's not. Uh, you were used and that sucks and uh, I hope that is that why they put us up on the stage um, um... <laughs> fuck don't make me answer that every member of Roots in the Air looks very dejected okay I look, look at them man, and I at know least this you don't have, at least you don't have a candy hand and then I pull my hand out and I show them all <laughs> oh candy my god wave it in the air yeah oh, oh yeah. my god some cotton yeah. candy flying through the air the drummer yeah. throws a drumstick at you <laughs> ouch jesus it's not right man yeah i know wow wow way to make me feel good about myself christ all right constance i could use some tea that's like helpful for one's self-esteem do you have that because otherwise i'm just oh, gonna I go definitely sit in the do. tub Everyone no, from Roots in the Air do. says, uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I use tea. I just pull out all the best teas. We just have a little tea party. I make some crumpets. You know, we got time to kill till Cecilia gets here. Ten minutes, that's plenty of time to make crumpets. Sure, why not? Sarah and I drink the entire pot of coffee that she brought out. <laughs> sure, sure. Earlier. Leon will join you in drinking a lot of coffee. Before I try to fix my hand, Quinn, which I would like to try and do with magic, I do take this opportunity 
to very, very quickly just like taste and see what my hand tastes like. And uh, it, it tastes like cotton candy. It sure does. It's good cotton candy too. Damn it, it's really it fluffy. It's got like the perfect like crystal to feather ratio. God damn it. The, uh, <laughs> the last thing I will say about this is it may be the reason that they brought you out onto the stage, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have been out on that stage. Like I was pumped to see you out there. It's one of many times that that'll happen for you guys in the future. And then I promptly close my eyes and go, now, excuse me, I'm going to take a quick nap until Cecilia gets back. <laughs> I uh, would like to now try to fix my hand. What are you doing? I'm going to do magic. I think this would probably be, what is it? Banish a, banish a. Heal one harm or cure a disease or neutralize a poison, I think is probably the most appropriate here. You're right. Mm -hmm. That's better. Okay. That's what I'm going to. Are you doing this in the bathroom? You know, everybody here knows, like, what's going on. Yeah. They don't know you can do magic, though. That's true. I, <laughs> I... You could tell that's, them. Honestly, that's not what I'm worried about. Oh. Oh, <laughs> I see. What are you If worried? Alvin sees you start to do magic, he's going to try to get everyone to, like, hide behind the counter in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because he thinks I'm accidentally going to blow my hand off? Yeah. <laughs> or, or something adjacent you know oh, i mean okay well you know what i'm just gonna go everyone i will be right back i'm going to go fix this and then i will go into the bathroom okay and do it there away from prying eyes alvin establishes a little like five foot perimeter from the door <laughs> one last taste of my pinky finger okay because uh, it's very good <laughs> cotton candy all right okay Excellent. Great. Please roll to abuse magic. <laughs> All right. That is going to be... It's going to be an eight. Okay. Choose a glitch. I'll take it as a problematic side effect. You're holding the key over your hand. And as always, these sigils illuminate. And you see the cotton candy starting to work its way out of your hand. And from like the forearm up, start to return to normal. And it all sort of like bunches out towards your fingertips. Mm -hmm. and then starts just like dripping onto the ground. But it doesn't stop dripping. Your hand is just constantly producing cotton candy. <laughs> what? Oh God. And it doesn't stop. This is, no, 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 Quinn. No, no, this is worse. This is worse. This is worse. Your hand is totally normal. <laughs> this is worse. You know, after 27, no, 28, this is episode 29, after 28 episodes driven largely by a need to acquire snacks, I thought you this was are, like the greatest you know, gift. You, that's, You'll never go hungry that's again. That's very true, Quint. You know what? You're right. When you put it like that, I was not. <laughs> you're very right. This is an infinite snack machine. I'm not sure I want it to be an infinite snack machine. A finite snack machine <laughs> would be good. I, I could live with. Hey, in time, perhaps you can learn to control it. <laughs> yeah. But that, this is not the time. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, God. But is the cotton candy also normal? Uh, it appears to be. Yeah, see? Look, look at that. Okay, so I, I yell out of the, the bathroom a JR regular update, which is, all right, folks, I got good news and I got <laughs> bad news. How many people <laughs> in this apartment like cotton candy? Me. 
Wait, is it your hand? <laughs> I've wanted to, but it seems weird. <laughs> you know. Seem, seems rude, yeah. Well, I appreciate you not, and I come out, and there's, like, the cotton candy coming from my hand. You know, Alvin, I appreciate you not asking me that, because it is kind of a personal question. But yes, it was pretty yeah. delicious. However, we got the second best thing, which is magic cotton candy from my hand. Constance, do you have a bowl? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I pull out, I have a stack of bowls that are reserved for like terrible things happening in the studio. After <laughs> everything with the digital spider, I have like a set meant for breaking. Is okay. it behind glass? It's like in case of bowl emergency, break <laughs> glass for bowls. <laughs> no, it's just in the stuff that I don't mind being ruined. <laughs> okay. So Good. there you go. Yeah, okay, well. That's the thing that is happening. Cotton cotton candy, still a cotton candy hand. It's great. Everyone right. from Roots in the Air and Kristen are just staring at you. And Leon shifts the ice pack from his face so that it's uncovering one eye. And he kind of looks at everyone and it's like, yeah, you get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for joining us for episode 29 of Monster Hour as our heroes cobble together their plan of attack. Stay tuned next episode to see how it inevitably falls apart in hilariously improbable fashion. Because the real monster is over-preparing for things. Two cool updates for you this intermission. First, we are doing a dice giveaway over on Twitter. They are super cool looking. They're blue and teal with sigils and creeping tendrils. So if you've been looking for a new set of dice to get your game on, all you have to do is head over to our Twitter and follow the instructions there for a chance to win. Second, we are approaching the one-year anniversary of our launch on August 2nd, which I personally am just super excited about and totally blown away that we have lasted this long. Uh, we've got a couple exciting announcements in the works. We're not quite ready to roll them out just yet, but be sure to keep an eye on our social media in the next couple weeks for those. As always, a special thank you to everyone who has been making packs with occult sources of power to help us spread the word about the show, be they tall men with unnaturally long arms or social media platforms. Your reviews and recommendations really do make a huge difference in new folks finding out about the show, so thank you. Don't forget that if you tweet about us using hashtag MonsterHourPod, you might wind up with a character name after you. We are probably through with new names for this arc, but we still have plenty of story left to tell. Our spooky spotlight this week is The Role Less Taken, an actual play podcast telling creative stories using less-rolled games, from interstellar voyages to Carly Rae Jepsen heists. In a world where your fate is controlled by the dice. Can I roll it? Is that a bullshit check? I got a strike. Five friends. Hey, assholes. Yeah? Calm down. We'll take on roles. My character's name is Aspartame Ors Divorce. Um, I'm the charismatic new kid. What kind of character would you have except for a cult leader modeled after the greatest cult leader of all time, Bob Ross? That are probably best left to the professionals. We are not professionals. I don't think we ever said that anywhere. The role less taken everywhere right now. The Role Less Taken is an actual play podcast that uses less rolled systems to tell fun and compelling stories in a roleplay focused setting. New episodes on Wednesdays, wherever you get your podcasts. That's it for me, folks. We will return with episode 30 of Monster Hour on July 28th. 
See you then. I think it is at this moment that Cecilia enters the studio. Oh, thank God. Hey, Cece. Hey. Hi. Welcome to the party. You want some sleepy tea or coffee? Or cotton no, thank candy? You. I see you all have gotten into about as much trouble as usual. Yeah, that's fair. We're rascals. Well, let's take a look. And Cecilia proceeds to pull her medical kit out and uh, examine each of you in turn. JR, I think when she arrives at you, probably first. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks and it's like, are you... Are you leaking cotton? You know what? Mm, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. You know, that's fair. I will tell you it's better than it was before, which was it was actually cotton candy. So Okay. Well, from a medical perspective, I agree. This is better for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how to treat this. <laughs> that's fine. I got plenty of other scrapes and bumps and like we can we can brainstorm. That's true. And- Cotton candy hand this later. We can table that. For now, I, yes. Please bandage the parts of me that are not producing cotton candy. Please. I beg you. So Cecilia bandages the three of you up. Each of you go ahead and heal one harm. Yay. And then she takes a seat over by Leon uh, and looks at him and says, So I take it you all were there last night when the riot broke out? Yep. And I take it it wasn't a normal riot. Nope. And she looks at nope. the members of Roots in the Air, and once again, they all avert their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. Do we know anything? We do, actually. Yeah, you wouldn't happen to recognize the name Hollow Circus, would you? Nope. Well, we learned that. <laughs> that name is involved. <laughs> uh, we've got a pretty good idea on what entity might be behind this. We call him the Gumby Man. Don't let the name fool you. He's not it's, friendly. It's it's the tall man. Just call him the tall man. The Gumby Man makes him sound like he's fun, and he is not well, fun. I, got, I used the tall man, and I got blasted <laughs> for being too generic. Yeah, I think Gumby, the Gumby Tall Man. Yeah, the, Gumby, but the tall Gumby. That makes yeah. him sound like a, like a fun TV sidekick in a cartoon aimed at children that's supposed to teach them numbers and stuff. And but that's also what clowns are, and clowns are terrifying. Okay, that's this is this is illuminating. Um, right? <laughs> Do we have yeah. a plan for how to stop this person creature? We have a lead on what might be sort of a physical headquarters in Hullabaloo. Great. Sounds like Let's go. we're looking for a real spooky red and white tent. Does that sound accurate, Constance? Yep. I'll know it when I see it, but be on the lookout for a spooky red and white tent. Maybe that looks a little old fashioned y, unless they've upgraded, but I don't think so. Like out of place, but well kept. Also, yeah. just as an aside, I think we've all come to this, but as a reminder, if a stranger comes up and offers you, your wildest heart's desire, fucking say no. Or don't sign any paperwork, you know? Just yeah. say no to wishes. Take your dreams and stuff them in the trash for right now, okay? You have no hopes and <laughs> dreams. Your entire life goal is figuring out what the fuck is going on here. I don't give a shit what your band does on the charts. I'm making cotton candy with my hand. This is she bullshit. Leon just, reaches you know, over and grabs her, some just and puts it in his <laughs> mouth and says, yeah, JR, you tell him. 
<laughs> it's good cotton candy though. It's it's uh, it's good cotton candy though. Yeah, it's real good. Jr. What if you just like shift your frame of reference? A lot of people probably do have the dream that they could make infinite cotton candy. Yeah. If that was your so, dream, you made it come true. So, like, if you just kind of pivot into their dream, you're like, just golden. adopt someone else's dream as your own. So now I'm a dream. Yeah, you didn't have to sign any paperwork. I'm a dream I mean, thief. Kinda, this is kind of, I mean, the perfect version of that little kid's dream, right? Yeah, that's true. I'm just not, adopt his mentality. I'm not six. Wait, how old was he? Ten. Six. Five. Six. Six. He's six. He was six. <laughs> I know it was hard for you to to kind of de- age. <laughs> Look, anything under about thirteen is just like child. Okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Generic you know, child. sometimes they can talk and walk, and sometimes they can't. And I don't really know <laughs> when that happens. Um, so like two to three. Okay, all right. Good to know. <laughs> As all of this is occurring, Constance is now. Probably to the alarm or surprise, or maybe they're just unfazed at this point of of Roots in the Air. She's going around to all the secret compartments in the apartment and like tapping them and opening them to pull out all the weaponry that's hanging around. Oh, good plan. I think they're just sitting glued to the couch, paralyzed with indecision and also fear. Yeah. Valid. Yeah. Valid. So they're just watching you do this. Yeah, I think we should probably go back to Hullabaloo, but maybe we should plan. Yeah, I was saying we've got the start of a plan, which is we have a destination and an idea of what we're looking for to attack. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't know exactly what they can do in defense of themselves. We don't know exactly what we have to do to hurt it or like stop it. I mean, okay, step one. First thing on the checklist, Constance Rowe put some flashlights in that bag. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I got that. Great. Great. Um, Can we I, label them so that we make sure we all have one? Yeah. Yeah. Let me okay, pull good. out the Sharpie. Good, good, good. <laughs> um, I'm going to do that. I'm also going to, uh, I'm taking inventory of all the weaponry and I like ask the team like, okay, the two best weapons we could think of to fight the scary tall Gumby man and the circus people. Now, with my experience, at least with the Gumby Man, is he appeared to have a kind of a corporeal form, but he was able to disappear pretty quickly and without notice. Mm. So he may have some ability to transport himself or move with extreme speed. Okay. Um, He's got long arms also. That's the Gumby part. As we're kind of sorting this out, like just kind of standard tasers or... Stun guns are a plenty that I can hand out, but I would like to to search my many cabinets of my makeshift armory and see if I don't have like a net gun. So it's one of those guns that like shoots out a net to catch something. Are you saying you have a stockpile of tasers and stun guns? I think that's reasonable. <laughs> uh, I she don't. She says with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere at all have we referenced you acquiring a stockpile of tasers and stun guns. eBay. I mean, one. I'd give you one. Okay. (laughs) Make 20 prepared rolls. (laughs) Enough for everyone? No. Okay, fine. So I would have a stun gun. I'd have my silver sword. I'd have my magical dagger. And I'd have my flamethrower. And then I'm looking for a net gun. Okay. Roll armory. 
That's a nine. On a seven to nine, you have it, but only the minimum. I think that means you have one gun and one net. Okay. I think that that's sounds fair. like the minimum to me. Yep. <laughs> um, I kind of look at, uh, maybe I actually go up to JR to be a little more quiet about this. And I'm like, hey, I was thinking the scary Gumby man, whatever we want to call him, tall Gumby man, parentheses scary. He does dart around a lot, supposedly. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking if you can magic up this net, maybe we can catch him in it and he can't get away. Oh. Thoughts? Yeah. Let me see if I can magic up this net. I guess it would be enchant a weapon? I think what you're probably looking for is trap a specific person, minion, or monster. Okay. And I can put that effect on the net. Also, what does this net look like? Is this like a butterfly net? Please let it be a comically large butterfly net. Please, 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 please. <laughs> well, it's coming out of a gun. Um, so it's one of those like, you know, when you shoot it and it has like weights on either end. I think that's how that works. Yes, where, like, I have seen around. that in a Looney Tunes cartoon. That is what I'm basing it off of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to I'm going to give it a whirl. Here we go. Well, hold on. Uh, I think how this is going to work is I'm going to have you roll when you use it. Oh, or okay. when Constance uses it. Okay. Because I do not think the way that we've established your magic works, I don't think you would know necessarily if you've done this effectively in advance. Mm -hmm. Fair. Okay, that's fair. It's like the key. Yeah. Yes, very similar to the key. All right. All right, folks, I guess the plan is if we see the tall Gumby man parentheses scary, we got one shot. It's something different about this monster. Our other ones seem to kind of work via instinct and kind of by themselves they showed up and then they tried to live in this world and that kind of involved some nasty stuff that we didn't like but this one's got a corporation they've signed paperwork are we sure that it's just the one guy i mean first of all you can't have a corporation with just one person <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, like, do we really think this is an actual corporation? Do we really think Tall Gumby Man went onto LegalZoom, printed off the LLC paperwork, uh, completed it, and submitted it to the Secretary of State in every single state that he's been in? I don't think it's a real corporation, guys. I mean, I don't think they would have to do that. They could just magic it into being a thing that everyone thinks is a corporation and therefore has made its paperwork. Yeah, what she said. But either way, it is operating like a corporation. Like, Alvin, I think what you're getting at is that this thing, its decision making is not the same as monsters of the past. And therefore, maybe we need to plan differently. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, it's this might be our first time that we've seen connective tissue mm. with uh, like this monster didn't just appear out of nowhere that's very true like i've dealt with him before he said some really spooky stuff about portals and old magic and hot spots of activity that we've had three attacks here before this one i feel like usually we're at a disadvantage in that we're definitely not prepared physically or strategically for a fight. But this, I think we're also just not prepared information-wise. Like, there's a lot of stuff about our world that we don't know yet that Tall Gumby Man knows. So I kind of want to, like, try to get some more info. Although, Alvin, you've had dealings in the past. Like, 
do you think that'll be even valuable or will it just be manipulative strategic lies or i just feel like they have the upper hand i mean yeah i'd be wary about anything that they say directly but if there's a physical location where they're at there may be some clues to the bigger picture that we might find there so are you saying stakeout I'm just wondering, we may not have a whole lot of time because stuff is escalating pretty quickly, but... That's the problem, is we just don't have a lot of time. So, I guess, keep your phone cameras ready. (laughs) Film everything. As you're having this conversation, Cecilia says, Yeah, I mean, come on, this is is the time to act. Aren't we monster hunters? Oh, we're going, for sure. Oh. Sarah, from the other side, says, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting a little bit more information like we don't want to wander into a trap and the two of them just kind of stare at each other across the room i mean if he's putting up a big bright red tent it kind of feels like a trap it does or it's not a trap it's the cockiness of like he definitely he's got our number like they're not worried about us finding them because they expect us to find them and not necessarily in a trap sense but in a it'll be fine for me because i know what i'm doing kind of way Hey, this just brought up a good point. Cecilia, you're right. You you are a monster hunter now, and uh, you also are the only one in this room that hasn't had a dealing or been involved in some of the weirdness that's happened. I don't know what your plan was, but it sounds to me like you might be the perfect person to do a little recon before we walk right in there, because they have no connection to you. Sure. Happy to. Yeah. Yeah, go Cecilia. I'd high five you right now, but this hand is very sticky. (laughs) And delicious. So just imagine me high-fiving you. You got in your head? Yeah, Yeah. I got it. It's a really good high five. Use the other hand. Yeah, but then I'm high five. (laughs) Just imagine the best high five you've ever had, because that's what's happening. So I pull out some walkie-talkies. I hand one to Cecilia. I hand one to JR. One to Alvin and one to Sarah. And I go, okay. So it sounds like Cecilia is going to do a walk by, find the tent, check out what's going on around it. And we'll be around. We'll be like hidden somewhere close by. Do we want to have more of a plan than that? I don't know. That sounds like a good start. I mean, the first step is we still have to go and locate this tent. We think it's probably at Hello Blue. We have an idea of what it looks like, Constance specifically, what it looks like. So I think when we find that, just be as prepared as possible and see what it's see what it's looking like. I mean, I think that's the best. We gotta we gotta go for this. Hello Blue is not gonna last forever. Somebody else is gonna have a wish that's gonna be real, real bad, like mm-hmm. real, real bad. So yeah, I'd love to gather more information, but I just don't think we have the time. All right, Cecilia, are you are you ready to do this? Let's go. Okay. Then I hand out the silver sword, magical dagger, and (laughs) flamethrower. I was letting someone else carry the flamethrower. I let Jenny carry the flamethrower. You hand the flamethrower to Jenny, and she looks at you and says, Uh, what am I supposed to do with this? See that button there? Don't press it right now. Do not press it right now. You're going to press that, and a whole lot of fire is going to come out. This is a flamethrower. Yeah. Constance, I know what a flamethrower is. You, we're not going back to Hullabaloo. We started a riot when we started playing music. We're not going back. No, you're not going to be playing music. It's fine. They probably still shouldn't go in case 
anybody's still whammied there and sees them on site. Oh, They'll yeah. probably want to get up all on them. That's fair. I take it and I begrudgingly hand it to Leon. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of take take Sarah aside. And be like, hey, so this is kind of where, where it gets pretty real. I can call you afterwards. I mean, you can you can stay here. This place is, is pretty protected. It's got some sort of sigil magic stuff. I wasn't really paying attention when Constance told me. <laughs> it's nice though. It's good. The, I mean, there's coffee, so you should be you should be safe here. Just stick with the roots, and and I'll give you a call as soon as we got it all cleared up. Does that sound good? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want you to go alone, but I. I, well, don't I got have my this. friends. You do. You don't have your sister. But if you think that's what's best, yeah. I I mean, I don't really have all this under control yet, so. It is. Maybe I, that is better. I know. I know you're you're learning and you're growing. I just. This is when it gets dangerous, and I, I just, I don't want you to be in trouble. Okay, stay safe, big brother. And she gives you a big hug. Yeah, you too. So, you have going with you currently, Leon, Cecilia. Is Kristen coming? That's up to Kristen. I happily would have her join us. Kristen, I know uh, this is all new, and I kind of slowly start handing the silver sword her way and go like, but do you want to go ahead and make it a real interesting day? Yesterday wasn't so bad. Why don't we have a little bit of fun? Yeah. All right. I like that attitude. And she takes the sword and swings it around a couple times. Good form. Okay. Look at that. (laughs) Let's go kill a clown demon or whatever. Yeah. Is is that right? Did I get it right? Yeah, that's pretty close. Good enough. Yeah. Okay, cool. I like her energy. I know. (laughs) It's great. The six, six, yes. The six (laughs) of you. How many of you are there now? Get Jasper in here. The six of you arrive at Hullabaloo. It is mid-morning, perhaps late morning, and I think things are just getting started in day two. Some of the much smaller acts are performing on the various stages. The crowd is sparse, but getting going. There's a few people gathered in the artist pavilion, but even most of those folks haven't set up their exhibitions yet. And you make your way inside. Are you searching as a group or fanning out? I would. Say- I don't want to be by myself. Yeah, I I think Alvin would stick close to the the squishies. I think we're probably a group except for Cecilia because she's the only one that's like um she's bait. Whose cover is blown. Yeah. 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 Kind of. Yeah. Like, let's but also fresh. recon. She's, she's fresh. If she sees anything, she's bait. But she's also recon. She's, bait. she's supposed to get us info. <laughs> I would like to get some info. <laughs> so you are making your way through the festival. And I think it doesn't actually take you too long before you hear a crackle on your walkie-talkies. And Cecilia, who is maybe a dozen paces ahead of you, or more, I don't know, however you set it up. Mm -hmm. But Cecilia, who is ahead of you, says, Hey, I think I found it. Big red and white tent, set up like a pavilion, big top. That's the one. Yeah. Here it is. It's right in between where the Ferris wheel was and the beer garden. It's kind of tucked away. How do you feel about uh, walking in and, and seeing what you find? Sure. Happy to. Ask if they have a bathroom. Yeah, there you go. Okay. 
Hello. Oh God. Oh, Cecilia's gone. Oh no. <laughs> Get in there. Go, go, go. <laughs> I mean, the walkie-talkie goes dead. Okay, great. Let's meander. Yeah. Well, do we do we see it as we as we walk forward? You make your way forward uh, and catch up, and you see a red and white big top tent. It doesn't strike you as particularly imposing. Most circus tents that you've seen have been larger. This one is a bit smaller than the beer garden that it's situated next to. Almost unassuming. Constance, it's not as big as the one that you saw in your Boonies flashback, Hmm. but it is unmistakably the same style. The tent flaps are drawn open, and inside the sunlight penetrates a ways in, but then disappears. And there is a sign outside that I don't think you can quite read from your distance. Do we want to hang back a sec and see what we hear? I think it's small enough that we could like do a perimeter. Oh, yeah, that's let's a good do idea. a perimeter walk. Is it next to any other like booths or what's immediately next to this thing? So it is at the far edge of Hullabaloo. It is uh-huh. adjacent to the beer garden. Although the entrances don't line up. So like if you were entering the beer garden or entering this tent, you wouldn't cross paths. Mm -hmm. It's also fairly close to the Ferris wheel, but there's some foliage in between. So it's not like a direct connection. It's a bit secluded. That's good for us. Yeah. Okay. So I I say we quietly start walking the perimeter. Yeah. Let's walk around, see if we see anything. Maybe there's like a hole in the tent that we can peek in or something i don't <laughs> the back door uh, yeah the back of the tent the tent butt <laughs> you all begin circling the tent and it only takes you know a minute or two to walk around the perimeter and you don't notice anything immediately askance or out of place great you sure i lo- i look at the tent really thoughtfully uh okay Go ahead and roll to investigate a mystery. I would love nothing more than to investigate a mystery. That's an 11. Hold two. What is being concealed here? The other one that I would like to know is what can it do? Jer, I think you do a couple laps around this pavilion. And I think what strikes you is that it's not big enough for a circus. Okay. I mentioned it was, you know, a bit undersized before Mm -hmm. and like a bit unassuming. It's just not big enough to have a large number of people and acts performing in any fashion that's reasonable or safe. Okay. It's not big enough. I communicate that information to my compatriots. And I think once Mm -hmm. all of you really notice that and once it's pointed out to you, you just notice the dimensions are just not right. It can't possibly hold a circus inside of this small tent. It's like a TARDIS. Okay. I think that is the answer both to what is being concealed here and what can it do. Okay. What I will say is you didn't have that thought upon your initial approach. Oh. It only occurred to you upon significant inspection. It's got to be some sort of weird charm going on, something interesting. Kind of circus magic. Circus magic. Uh, Nothing on our walkie, huh? Cecilia still inside after we've done a whole walkabout? Haven't heard anything. Should we check on her? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give her away if she's snooping. Oh, we should have had a code word. All right. Just make bird sounds into it. She'll okay. Get it. Sure. Cuckoo. Into, I... the, into the walkie talkie. <laughs> yeah. I, I do that. 
From the open tent flaps, you hear very faintly the sound of birds chirping. Oh, no. Like actual birds or like caca, caca, back? <laughs> actual birds. Oh, oh. no. Oh, no. Uh-oh. That's not good. We probably got to get in there, gang. Yeah, we do. Shit. Fuck. I still haven't apologized to Cecilia. I'll lead the way. We're going in the tent. I don't like this. I really, really don't like I, uh, this. Oh, wait. Uh, flashlight, Constance? Oh. Yep, I hand everyone their flashlights. Okay, good. And do you, do you hand now, them to each of us like so that we've got the one that's labeled with our name because that's really important? Yes, of course. Good. Of course. Okay. With my flashlight, I feel infinitely confident. Alvin, as you approach the entrance with your flashlight, you shine it up to the open black maw and it stops at the entrance. Hmm. I toss a quarter in it. It disappears into the darkness and lands with a thud. I should probably pick that up. No, no, no. I reach in. Oh, okay. God. Nothing happens. I look for the quarter <laughs> with my flashlight. I mean, the flashlight doesn't go through. I mean, I poke my head in to look for it. Ah, okay. <laughs> you poke your head inside and you shine the flashlight and you see the quarter on the ground and you pick it up. Oh. It is dark inside, but your flashlight does appear to work. I poke my head back out and I show the quarter and give a little thumbs up. Hmm. I mean, I don't think the tent is going to eat you if that's your concern. No, it seems like the entrance of the tent is like a portal to another space or something. (laughs) Like it seems like it's not the same on the inside as the outside. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll go in fully and get a better look at not the floor. (laughs) Sure. The rest of you see Alvin step into the darkness and just kind of disappear beyond the threshold. No, I think maybe I call after him. Alvin, can you still hear us? Alvin, you make your way inside. It is very dark. Your flashlight does work in here, but it doesn't seem to work nearly as well. It only extends a few feet outwards before just being swallowed up. Gosh. And as you make your way further inside, you start to hear music. There's a violin working a beautiful tune, haunting and furious. And from the darkness, you hear a voice say, I was wondering when you all were going to show up. I guess we got unfinished business. An overhead light turns on and illuminates part of the stage in front of you. And sitting on a stool, playing the violin, is Dorian. 